Welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today, I'm joined by Oscar Negogogo, Matthew Slavez, Scott Ginyard, and Casey Alcasey to discuss remasters and whether they are the future or should they stay in the past. Before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. And maybe you guys want to say how to actually say your names because I always butcher it, so I do apologize. Uh, but Scott, do you want to go first? Yeah. So thank you for having me. I'm Scott Ginyard. Uh, I'm an associate product marketing manager at Star Stable Entertainment. Um, I've been there for about one and a half, two years now. Uh, and it's my first real foray into this industry. So I'm uh, exploring all the, the possibilities of it. Perfect. Oscar? Well, I've been working in this business for 30 years already. <laughs> I've had, uh, held some uh, you know, positions in the uh, very, uh, let's say, interesting companies. I've been working for Playon, uh, before known as Koch Media, for 14 years. And before I was part of the team that launched the Xbox 360 in Spain. And uh, for a while, for I think it was like three or four years, I was working for Electronic Arts. So let's say that I've been in the business for a very, very long time. Brilliant. Thank you for that. Matthew? Yeah. Uh, so I'm product manager at Ubisoft. I've uh, been working there for about uh, two and a half years, uh, mainly on esports topic. So mainly on Rainbow Six for now. Uh, and yeah, that's it. Been working in the in the video games industry since then and uh before i was in a more media company but uh also tied to to it that's it really and last but not least casey hello everybody uh, my name is casey l casey i'm the live service director at arrowhead um i spent the past 10 years mostly working in live service games started my career in free to play moved on to AAA games uh at ea uh and i'm also doing a bit of consulting uh so yeah that's me perfect Thank you, everyone, for their introductions. So now that we've got a bit of a background to everyone, let's move on to the topic in focus. So you've all prepared a question or a statement on game, on uh, the topic here, remasters, and whether they are the future or they should remain in the past. So we're going to go around the room, and everyone's going to ask the question, uh, the reasons that they're asking it, and give their own take on it as well. And everyone's going to have their own chance to answer. So let's start off with Matthew. Sure. Um, <clears throat> so my question was, are remakes necessary for new generations to discover old gems? Um, basically, uh, if I ask this question, it's because I think it's a yes, uh, definitely. Um, I, of course, try to remember my own experience here. And uh, as a relatively, let's say, young gamer uh, and uh, being a big brother of, uh, of her and 18 years old, uh, I think for me, it's important to that we have access to uh, old games that we maybe wouldn't want to to play today because of old graphics or old gameplay that are really not up to date, let's say. Uh, if I take a few examples, I've been playing a lot of Tony Hawk Pro Skater when I was a kid, uh, like a lot. And today uh, I was really thrilled to see my young brother uh, being able to play the remake and enjoy it as much as I've enjoyed it, I enjoyed it in the past. While if he would have been playing the the the, the old version, that would have been a bit more complicated. Uh, I've tried it again, and the gameplay, the controls are really just not up to date, basically, and just not not meeting the the current standards we have today. Uh, I have a few examples like that. Like uh, the, when I was a kid, I used to be really attracted to Resident Evil because I was not able to legally play it, let's say. And uh, I was I was trying to play Resident Evil 2 
when my parents weren't home except like I just tried and it was so hard for me uh, I mean I was really uh, a child and it was really hard and I was so happy to play the the, the remake a few years ago uh, because I, I just kept like really fresh souvenirs of what I've played when I was a kid it was just five ten minutes but you know it was just was stuck in my head and being able to play that today with new graphics and new gameplay and just uh, the feeling of playing a new game that has just been released but that keeps the, the whole let's say essence of the original game for me it's it's definitely a way to to make sure that a major series or just a major game from the past just doesn't get forgotten i think you just opened up a can of worms matthew because i think you talked about uh remakes and the question is, like, because I want to, if we take, if we go a step back, what's the difference between a remake and a remaster? And, and, and where do you draw that line? And, and, and do we care? Maybe. I don't know. Of course we care, I think. Uh, yeah, I've asked Jordan before, do we, do we talk about remakes or remasters? He said both. So I just went straight <laughs> down the road of, of that. But uh, yeah, if we, if we want to, to see where we draw the line before these two, uh, I think... I just leave my opinion here and then I'll let you talk. But uh, I think uh, remaster basically is a graphic lifting, let's say, uh, made to to just re-release a game on a new generation of console where a remake brings something new. It may only be graphic, it may be controls, it may be new modes, anything. But usually I think I'd say remasters are just, yeah, to, to maybe a bit more commercial uh, move where a remake might have a bit more uh create creativity maybe or uh, you know ju just tries to adapt to new standards i mean that's an interesting point because i would say that probably what makes the difference is that what you know new generations are asking for is for games which talk the same language as they do right when you do a remake and when you do a remaster basically what you are doing is uh, redoing, let's put it on the same pot, something that probably was, uh, you know, designed for uh, people 20 or 15 years ago. And you just redo it so that the new generations can, you know, get to play it and can get to see it and can get to experience it they, the way they, uh, you know, uh, they live their life on a, on a daily basis, right? Because, you know, we all agree that if we are about to, let's say, re, uh, remaster something which was launched on PlayStation 1 or on Mega Drive, probably it's not going to be as interesting as it was when, when it was designed, right? Because then we didn't know about 3D. We didn't know about, uh, you know, the kind of, uh, you know, ray tracing or Unreal Engine 5 with all the technology that it, that it has now. But then, of course, we know that those games many, 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 many years ago were quite an experience for people then. So what the industry wants to do now is to make them approachable, right? So that everybody who is now into the video games can really enjoy them, right? But but I would say that as, uh, you know, Casey said that you open that kind of form so very clearly. I think you hit the, the, the nail on the head. I mean, obviously I have in my hand, like I was talking before this call about, you know, The Last of Us remastered on PS4. We have Kingdom Hearts on PS3. And I think to your point, Oscar, what you mentioned is like, I feel like the remasters, yes, they're graphical, uh, graphically done better, but it seems like it's more like I'm bringing a game from an older generation to this generation, but I'm not changing much, really. Uh, however, 
I have noticed that a lot of these games actually provide DLC as part of the package. They're trying to upsell, obviously. They're trying to give you a higher value proposition and also provide you like a complete edition. We saw that with the Mass, Mass Effect uh, trilogy as an example on PS3. Um, but now we see as an example when they released Mass Effect again, uh, that one is, is, a, is a different beast, right? Um, so yeah, obviously. Agreed. Because, you know, remember those games probably when uh, Last of Us was... Uh, you know, develop it. Was it 10 years ago, 12 years ago? Because it was first released on, was it PlayStation 3? And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, because probably the, uh, we will see, you know, comments later on coming in because I'm just, I don't remember when they were developed, but but it, it was a different era. Remember that, you know, uh, I mean, going from PlayStation 4 to PlayStation 5, the generation leap is not that big as what it was from going from, from a Mega Drive of a Super Nintendo to PlayStation or to Nintendo 64, right? It was kind of a different experience. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm very old. I'm already 53. And that means that I probably have experienced games quite differently from what you have, um, you know, experienced them. And, you know, thinking of... Uh, uh, why having to do a remake or a remaster? Maybe the question is, would you be, you know, ready to play a Tetris remaster? Would that be, you know, needed? Would that be yeah. something different? Yeah, it, yeah, it all depends. But for me, a remaster, uh, I just keep the, the this image in my head are of the PlayStation 3 era uh, where everything was remastered. You had uh, GTA San Andreas HD, you had God of War HD, you have Devil May Cry collection, you had a uh, Ratchet and Clank collection, you had, I think, Jack and Daxter collection. Mm -hmm. uh, it was just, let's take all the PS2 games that made a lot of sales and let's just re-release them on PS3. And I mean, it can be cool for new players that missed it on, on PS2. It all depends, I think, on the price point and stuff. If you if you release this uh, uh, at full price, like the new Last of Us, uh, <laughs> it can be a bit... Uh, it, it, it would just uh, look like a lazy attempt, you know, to, to just make more money where... If we if we if we just want to talk about remasters, I don't know in which where you would put, for example, Demon's Soul that that was released on PS5. It's basically a remaster. You take the original game, you just push it to the limit of the uh, of the, the 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 console graphics and possibilities uh, at the at the release. But, but I that consider that remaster, as a remake. Demon's Souls was not a remaster on PS5. That was a full-on remake. I, I consider that as a re, as a remake. Interesting. Or, but, but if it, some people could consider that as a remaster, I mean, there, there is not a lot of additions. There, there are. But, you know, it's even uh, the the um, the Crash Bandicoot that was uh, re-released, for example. I mean, you have the 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 whole game is here not there's there there's not a lot of, that has changed. But for me, it's still a remake. It, I think it all depends on the, diff the the time difference between the original release and the remake or remaster and the effort that has been put into the game. So, so you're saying like the effort or it, does the effort count or does that matter for you? I think it matters, definitely. Um, I also, uh, I know it's uh, it's just my personal opinion, but for me, I, I, I have a better, like I, I see remakes with like more... Uh, I, uh, I prefer basically remakes than remasters uh, because for me, remasters have a like a lazy etiquette, you know? <laughs> so Final Fantasy VII is basically the the, the dream remake. Definitely. So-so. Uh, At the end of the day, remember that when it was released, it was just a single game on three discs. 
It was PlayStation 1, as far as I remember. And now Square Enix is just, uh, they released part one, and they say that there's going to be a part two, which means that for the price of, uh, you know, then, uh, when was it, 25 years ago, 26 years ago, you then you pay for one game. Now you're going to have to pay for three games or four or whatever Square Enix decides. And then probably... What will happen is that uh, uh, it, it's going to be, uh, uh, you're not going to get it on one installment, but you're going to pay for it during the next three or four years, right? So it's quite a debate. Huh? But then I fully agree that the experience is totally different. What we had 25 years ago was a fantastic game, and now you have a great experience on a new platform, new platforms, which are fantastic. Huh? I'm curious of, of what you're thinking, of, what you, your thoughts are on, like, because I see kind of a change also in remasters um, now that we a lot of our platforms that we play on are kind of broadening their library. So, for example, PlayStation, they have now PlayStation Premium, where you can actually get access to old PlayStation 1 games and PlayStation 2 games. And you can you can always discuss or like argue that they're merely ports, if you can say so. But I guess in a way they are remasters. They have at least uh, been improved to work on the resolutions that we are used to. Um, but what what are your thoughts regarding like uh, the the availability of those games? Are they truly remasters? Because I feel like they can kind of end up in the shadows. They are not marketed in the same way as maybe a new remastered. So they kind of it's only the the really if you can say hardcore gamer that actually signs up and subscribes for PlayStation Premium that actually might access those games. Do they still are they still uh, accessible for for younger newer audience if you know what i mean i think matthew brought up a really good point in relationship to remasters when they became more popular during the ps3 era versus what we have today and i think during the ps3 era or the xbox 360 era there was probably a lack of content at that time and and today the amount of games that get out every single day is just crazy and maybe that is one of the reasons that you know remasters are getting less popular and you're getting more into this remake uh, era maybe uh, yeah absolutely i mean it's true huh? there's this kind of uh let's call it is it democratization of development so that now it's quite uh i wouldn't call it easy but at least it's quite accessible and now you have tools and uh, resources that you can use to develop a game that probably on playstation 2 or playstation 3 era wasn't uh, you know it wasn't available huh? that's very clear huh? so here's the question how many times have you bought the same game on on either the same platform or different platforms and wow. where do you draw that line so as an example we were talking about the last of us right uh, and i showed you my disc of the last of us remaster on ps4 but I'm, i know that i'm not gonna get the last of us part one remake on ps5 right uh, but for those who buy digital where it's easier to track that transaction um i mean i i feel like i bought final fantasy 7 and symphony of the night like maybe four or five times i don't know why don't ask me but why is that not like a lineage and 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 you know considering my background is like in life service i'll say why isn't there a life service part of those uh history of these games and in, in your account basically um, you know, the other, if I take the sorry, no, no, you go, go on, Matthew, please. Thank you. But if I take the GTA example, GTA Five, bought it three times: once on PS3, once on PS4, once on PS5. It's basically, it's just a poor remaster. I mean, yeah, they added first-person view. No one uses that on GTA. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just this is definitely for the, the comfort of just playing with your current console and just not taking out 
your old console or playing uh, just playing it with today's standards uh i always feel like it's not normal to buy three times the same game uh but you know there are some where i, I did it with pleasure for example with bioshock which is uh my favorite game ever i think uh bought it once bought it again when they kind of remastered it so yeah these are just remasters basically and they, you, you see that you know that there is a, a money approach on that you i mean it's it's obvious no one releases a remaster just to make sure the game uh is played by the the most of the players it's just not true and we all know that i think uh, being in the industry we all know that but that's why it's it, that's why that's why your question is really is really important and uh, same for the question being uh, how should remasters be uh, marketed uh, it, it's it, it's really it's really hard to draw the line and to put the the right price point on a remaster versus a remake i think let's make I mean, a predi- let's make a prediction okay. remasters are going to die out in the form that they are today. And here's one of the reasons, because we discussed earlier about one of the reasons remasters existed, because you're trying to bring a product from one generation to another. But next generation consoles, one, probably most likely don't have discs, at least for the Western markets. And two, is not a new platform. It's just a continuation of the current platform, similar to how we are doing today. So at that point, maybe we, we go full circle as in, hopefully, you buy the last of us once and and you get the remaster obviously different from remake have you guys ask yourselves uh, you know how many times you have bought uh, you know purchased a certain novel or a certain film up until you uh, you know ended up uh, you know having it on digital form and that was it because i'm a huge fan of the back to the future film series and i got it on VHS, DVD, DVD extended, DVD, you know, panoramic, uh, then Blu-ray, then Blu-ray with extended comments, then it's, uh, you know, ultra HD, then it's on uh, particular collectors, uh, you know, uh, director's cut and blah, blah, blah. And then with the Harry Potter books, it's the same or, you know, Lord of the Rings or whatever it is. It's like, no, this one has like a different approach because it has comments from whatever, you know, new author it is. This one has illustrated the other one has got a particular artwork, so there's kind of uh, you know clear monetization on that side. But then at the end of the day, we have to admit that we are an audience that would clearly you know appreciate having that kind of additional content, right? And we can say that the business knows uh, about how to get the money out of a pocket. But then in the other hand, you can also agree that sometimes, you know, the technology that we currently have wasn't available many, many, many years ago, right? And there's always, when you do a, uh, probably when you do a remake, there's an opportunity to uh, just update it and deliver it in, in, in maybe in a way that the authors at that time wanted for the game to be, but that it wasn't possible. And now it is, right? So, you know. So that brings us back to like Final Fantasy as an example. It's probably a prime example of a huge, like that's a huge, that's a, it's a new game, basically. Yes, it has yeah, some definitely. relationship to the characters. It has no, some It's incredible, huh? Yeah. Okay. yeah I, mean, I think it also works for Resident Evil 2 or 3. And the whole gameplay has changed. The whole aspect has changed. You just keep the sense of it. You keep the atmosphere of it. You, you keep what makes Resident Evil Resident Evil, basically. But it's just a brand new game. And you, you, you can't 
I mean, if you if you market that as a remake, it's of course because you 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 take the the, the original game and you you just make it way more up to date, let's say. But you you could definitely market it as a new game, as a brand new game, and just get rid of the the the, the original game. I mean, of course, that wouldn't be a smart move, but that could be possible. Well. A remaster is a bit it's a bit harder for, for a remaster, I think. I think that's a uh, really good segue into the next question, which we kind of touched on there uh, a couple of times. Um, Casey, we're going to jump to you for your question. Um, I know we touched on it a couple of times there, but if we can expand on that. And I also cannot believe you made a very bold prediction in the start of a podcast, not at the end. Life's Normally, the baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Normally we do that at the end, but okay. Uh, Casey? Uh, oh yeah i mean uh, basically going back to talking about the differences um between a remake and a remaster and when when do we draw the line and and and, you know um here's a question that is interesting because oscar you touched about this in relation to movies where you bought i'm I'm, by the way i'm I'm disappointed you don't have laserdisc but you touched i don't have it Oh, you do have it. it. Oh, there you yeah. go. <laughs> in fact, I can share with you that I I remember purchasing a laser disc from the U.S. from a store which was called King Cranes in uh, in uh, California, and I got uh, at a certain time there was a quite a different story for uh, you know probably killing your train of thought, but there was a time when the do uh, there was quite a technical difference from the laser disc in Europe and the laser disc in the U.S. because the laser disc in Europe, as they were PAL, P-A-L, you know. It was 625 lines, and it was technically impossible to have Dolby Digital. We only did have Dolby Prologics run, and the U.S. lasers, they did have Dolby Digital, which at that time, it was quite a technical difference. So the only way to have the Star Wars movies on LaserDisc with Dolby Digital, it was by purchasing a copy in the U.S. And I was able to get one of the 15,000 copies of the Star Wars trilogy on AC3, which was released in the world. So... Good topic. <laughs> so, by Sorry the way, that. Does, that mean that you need, does that mean that you need to have a different uh, US uh, device? Yes. Right, uh, obviously. Yes, as yes, with DVD. Yeah. So, but if we go back to games, uh, and here's the question, like, okay, um, I bought, let's say I buy, uh, um, uh, let's say I buy The Last of Us Part Two right now, or I buy, give me a good PS5 game. Xbox One S game. Uh, perfect. If I buy that game today, and it's uh, digitally, obviously, and I have it in my account, and they do a, a, a remaster of that game next year, am I getting that for free, or do I have to pay for it? Um, and, and where do they decide on how much work it requires me to buy a, a new copy or not? Interesting question. At the end of the day, studios need to generate revenue. And we, on the other hand, cannot forget, and we... Uh, we cannot forget that uh, consumers have a limited, uh, you know, uh, let's say, uh, pocket. Huh? And we cannot be asking once and once and once again for uh, for them to keep on paying for the same properties. Huh? Even though we are, of course, delivering different content and different experience, which is quite clear. Huh? Because I think that what I'm seeing today, by the way, and sorry for cutting you off there, but I, I, what I'm seeing is that some games that are on PS4 are giving you a PS5 upgrade for free, and some of them are mm-hmm. actually charging you. And I wonder if that's a shitty method of doing business with your customers. I think it all depends on your, your business model as a company. Uh, if you if you know how to generate revenue with a live service game, basically, that you can remaster and remaster, and you know that you can give it out for free and basically your game is not a free to play but you just buy it once and 
it gets updated for a while. Uh, I don't see why company, if they are able to to make revenue out of it, I don't see why they would make people pay for each remaster because uh, we we all know that today live service is huge and basically you one of some of the biggest companies, video games companies in the world, don't have a single paid game. So. Uh, so uh, I just think it would be normal that gamers will be able to to play an updated version each time uh, without paying more for that. But it all depends on how the company can adapt to that kind of, uh, of business models that are not easy for everyone, I'd say. I agree. I think that that's kind of the, as a consumer, that's something I wish for in the future as well, because it kind of leaves a sour taste in your mouth sometimes when you buy a game and then like a year after there's a remaster and you, you need to pay 70 bucks again. Uh, I think, for example, though, a good example of this that I've experienced myself, I don't know how common it is, but like on Steam, for example, I've been in the situation of I've owned, for example, I think Bioshock, and then they released a remastered and that just ended up in my library for free. They kind of upgraded it without me having to actually click on anything or do anything. They just It just popped in there, basically. I think that's something that, for, especially for consoles, is something that I think could be really beneficial. But as you said, Matthew, it's it's all about... What can the business the businesses themselves? How can they kind of adapt to that to that model? But I think, in in the consumer's eyes, I think it would be a, a great positive improvement. Yeah, but then in the other hand, remember that there's always a cost associated associated to develop to development. Right? When you're doing a remaster, you know maybe someone might think, oh. This is done. This is just a port or an upgrade or an update over an already existing code. But you still have to, uh, you know, check it. You have to go through Q and A. You have to, you know, go through uh, go through several processes. You're going to have, uh, you know, a team of uh, quite talented people, uh, but you know, developing it for quite a time. So at the end of the day, it has a cost. Huh? You you can be, let's say, have a gesture with your all installed. Base. And then, uh, as uh, you mentioned, uh, Scott, with uh, Bioshock, you can release it for free, but then it has a cost. Huh? And that's important. Huh? Yeah, for sure it has a cost. But it, it, if you if you just keep on uh, releasing remastered, we know from, we have a lot of examples, as I've said, especially in the PS3 era. But if we just take, for example, Rockstar, uh, that just keeps re-releasing, re-releasing. Uh, I mean, okay, it still sells and people are still buying it, guilty. But uh, <laughs> but you, 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 you see a lot of backlash also on the internet. You saw that people are really not happy with this kind of methods. And, uh, and especially knowing that they still make a lot of money with GTA Online and stuff. So it's it's hard to find the balance, but I think the, the, these companies and our companies also need to find the perfect balance uh, for that these kind of purposes. It's a it is a challenging world, huh? Because on one side we find out that most of the times the remakes and the remasters are ending up in the same hands of people that already purchased it, and probably when a company is. Uh, uh, you know, releasing a remake or a remaster, they probably want to go and target new customers, uh, which is, you know, the reason why you are uh, putting people into doing, into redoing something instead of releasing a new idea, because, you know, the game, I mean, when you, uh, 
Uh, Casey, you mentioned Last of Us. We're talking about a game which is fantastic. Huh? It's a great game, huh? which was released many, many years ago on a particular platform. And of course, it makes sense to release it on a new platform and to let the new audiences, you know, experience it with the, with a proper, with the, all the, uh, let's say, the features that the new platforms have it in. But then, of course, in the other hand, you have the people that already purchase it that probably might be complaining is that I already got this like many years ago. Why do I have to pay again for it? So, you know, it's it's yeah. it's difficult. Huh? It all depends on the effort again. Uh, if yeah. we it, just pretty quickly before we, I think we open on the next question, uh, while we were talking about Bioshock, uh, I know that uh, I'm really a huge fan of Bioshock and I know that it's been inspired by uh, System Shock 2, uh, System Shock in general, but System Shock 2. And for example, I've never uh, had the courage, let's say, to just buy it and play System Shock 2 because I saw some some screenshots, I saw some videos and I'm like, I'm not going to like it. And I, uh, I don't want uh, the inspiration to my favorite game to just, you know, be... be I, I just don't want to not like it, basically. So this is the kind of games that uh, it circles also back to my questions that, that for new generations that need to discover these old gems. I'm just really waiting for a, a remake of these kind of of these games, especially. And uh, I feel like when we say it all depends on the effort we the, the the studio puts in the game and stuff. I feel like if you release a game like System Shock 2, for example, and you just remaster it with a uh, slight graphic lifting i'm not sure it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna basically uh have an impact on people that played it uh at the time and they are they, they will just be hit with nostalgia and maybe play it again but you won't catch new players and i think this is where you draw the line also do you want to have an impact on players that already played it and do you want to play with nostalgia and like hey you can replay that game and it's a bit better than before or do you want to reach new players also? You know, can I, let's say, bring up a topic which probably is quite uh, relevant to the conversation that we're having? Because at the end of the day, you know, we're part of the business. We we are part of companies which need to generate revenue. But then on the other side, we're also, I have the perception that we're all hardcore gamers, right? So whenever we are talking, is it our inner that is talking or is it the uh, person that is currently involved in the business which is talking, right? I'm definitely not talking as a Ubisoft employee here. And all I'm saying is Ubisoft <laughs> at any time. <laughs> no, but it's an important thing because you know we 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 I understand that we all love games and uh, we we we've been here for a very long time and we see how games have been, how the uh, video game business have, has evolved on one side. And then on the other side, how as consumers, we have been able to experience, uh, you know, entertainment in quite a different way. Yeah? I think uh, you guys talked about a, a thing here in relationship to consumers specifically. And, and I think maybe a big part of this conversation is also about uh, communication and how you communicate with your customers and what you tell them and how you tell them, how, how, how you justify that you're asking for uh, $10 extra to go from a PS4 to PS5 for the same game, um, or uh, if or the amount of effort that you're putting behind it to justify the, the you know you asking for a price or not. And I think that that is a huge part that we haven't kind of like figured out. And and part of this conversation altogether is like there is a huge confusion, uh, confusion between in, with people and understanding okay what is a remaster and what is a a, a remake and what should I care. 
Um, so with that being said, I feel like maybe it's on us as professionals as well as to kind of like help out in the in the conversation and maybe provide clarity for for the consumer. Perfect. I'll jump in there and uh, just move it along to the next question. Um, Oscar, we're actually going to jump to you next. Yeah, I mean, Casey uh, brought my question up, which was how should remasters be developed market year? And then on the other side, uh, you know, are all remasters valid? Because, uh, you know, it, it's uh, at the end of the day, we've been in this business, but we've seen many, many platforms. Remember that we're currently at Generation 9, right? And uh, we've seen games, uh, GTA, for example, they skipped... Uh, uh, two generations already, right? GTA 5, it was originally developed for PlayStation 3, and it went into PlayStation 4 as a remaster, right? And on PlayStation 5 as a remaster. They were, of course, graphical improvements, and uh, and, and on, of course, we, we I'm sure that I purchased all three <laughs> because I, I really like so the you game. Too. I'm not the only one. Same no, again. no, you're, you're not. Don't worry, Matthew, you're not alone. <laughs> I've done it several times. But so, then I agree with Casey that, uh, you know, we, we're talking here to uh, consumers which really need an explanation, or at least they need to be targeted in a different way about why they should be purchasing, you know, this remaster or this remake over, you know, the rest of the game. So. So here's a here's a very good question then for this specific game. So GTA 5 on PS3, PS4, PS5, or all these three generations of, and you had to buy them on every single platform. Yeah. yeah. And that is extremely confusing yeah. for me right now, both as a professional and as a consumer, because now I'm thinking, okay, wait a second. GTA 5 is a live service game. Yes. Why do on I have online, to? On the online, on the online part. Sure. Okay. So it's it's a bit sure, different. But that's what people on play PS5, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But on PS5, the online was free uh, for a while. Uh, I don't know if it was for uh, PlayStation Plus subscribers or not, but uh, the online was free for a while. So there's the live service part, which is we see the approach here. It's free for a month or something. If you grab it, you have it forever, but for you have a month to grab it for free. And uh, you pay for the whole package with the, the, the storyline, basically. So yes, it's weird that they that people pay again for the game. I know, and uh, the, the 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 other part also is that it, it's not released at uh, seventy or eighty euros. Uh, just so you know, it's like a thirty or something. So that's just to clarify things. So I, I really want. I'm not defending it, but just obviously, obviously, I have a really good question for <laughs> for Oscar. Part of his his question that he brought up, but I want to ask both of you here about like. Um, so what are the major differences in, in GTA V between PS3, PS4, and PS5? Uh, I mean, mainly it's graphical improvements, of course. Uh, you know, uh, bugs that were uh, previously on the original version of the game are no longer. Uh, you know, happening and and of course gameplay is uh, improved as well. Okay. But most of the Perfect. times, you also do it because your friends are also have also upgraded, right? And you want to keep on playing with them at the same level. Right? So the game you... is not cross generation or cross play. Uh, not as far as I know. I mean, it depends. It depends on the game. But then again, I mean, it's different approaches by, uh, by uh, you know, it's a studio, it's a company. From so PS3 to PS4, they got me because they added the first person view and I really wanted to try it out. So that's how they got me. For PS5, I'm just guilty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I want to go back to, to Oscar. Ask you part of your question. What, what is an invalid remaster? Or can you give me an example of an invalid remaster? Tetris. Tetris. There was no remaster of that. No, I mean, honestly, I don't know, because 
uh, I, I don't know, maybe games that, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, we know that there everybody is going to uh, trying to remaster or remake everything. And there are games which no matter how many times you remake or you remaster them are still not going to be up to the quality that you were expecting from them. Huh? That's very clear. I, I'm, I'm, I still believe that it isn't that you can, you know, suddenly um, trust. Uh, I mean, I always believe that there's always a game for everybody in the sense that there are many, a lot of studios, which is always developing, you know, lots of games. And there's always interest on, on some people on playing those games. And, and when everybody says that everybody purchases FIFA or Call of Duty or GTA, that doesn't necessarily mean that they are good games. At least it means that there are a lot of people which are having fun. Right. I'm not know if I'm explaining myself on that on that side. Right. Because I don't want to I don't want to make a topic out or, or uh, generate an, an issue out of something which is not uh, very clear. But uh, about validity or no validity of uh, remakes or remasters, I think that we all know about games that probably should have never been uh, remastered. Right. Because either it wasn't necessary or maybe. Uh, it was just an, an, there was an interest uh, on the development studio on trying to generate more revenue out of something which wasn't really necessary. Yeah? You, know, you know what is interesting? The most remastered game ever. Do you know what that is? Uh, no. I think it, well, maybe. Yeah, sure, maybe. But I think it's also, uh, if we're going to take it like a normal game, uh, or quote unquote normal, uh, Street Fighter 2. Oh, How many versions of that game did they, uh, Capcom sell? No idea. I mean, uh, probably more than 10 to 20 wow. versions of that game, both on from an arcade point of view, but also from a like you know console point of view and, and PC, um, which is interesting. The game that keeps on giving. <laughs> you mean you mean the Street Fighter, Street Fighter uh, Turbo, Street Fighter Hyper, Street Fighter X, Street Fighter H, Street Fighter Out of the Moon? <laughs> Yes, you got your your two turbos, your like hyper whatever champion edition, world warrior, blah 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 blah. It goes on forever. I think I think in the in the on the question of like val valid remasters, I, I just thought of it now. For me, there's also kind of a shadow remaster kind of game around as well, and that is in in a way they get criticism criticism for it a lot at least annual sports games. So FIFA, NBA, NHL, you know, all of those games they release every year. Uh, they always get backlash for not really invent, inventing themselves every time, which is understandable in many ways, of course, but they usually come with small lightning changes, small physics changes, of course, newer teams and stuff. But a lot of different, a lot of remasters for other games are that as well. They're not really reinventing the wheel because that's more of a remake, I guess. So I, I just thought, I just uh, thought of those like annual sports games are kind of in a way a remastered, or you could say so at least. I don't know what what you guys think about it. Scott, you know what's I, interesting for me in that conversation? Those are our subscriptions. Yeah. If you, if you think about it. And that goes back to what you said earlier, Casey, about that we talked about earlier as well. Like the future of remasters, they might die out. The 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 games themselves will just kind of get updated, evolved with the the newer technology, the newer kind of state of affairs. So yeah, you're right. That that's maybe it's the, it's the future way of doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but that may also mean losing a previous version of a game that you you were preferring. It can also happen because we all know that if a game gets updated, you don't play the old version of it. So that can it can have a, a huge drawback for me. I mean, yes, it's it's cool. You can either pay a subscription or just buy a game once, and it's a live service. It gets it gets updated. But if you 
I know if you take, for example, the I know it doesn't change a lot, but Call of Duty or even FIFA. I mean, if you take the version that that's been released 10 years ago and now, and if you bundle that in one game that is just updated, what if I prefer the game that I've played 10 years before? I wonder if can that's be a bit outdated. Yeah. But I think you bring up a really good point. I can probably mention a lot of games that I enjoyed playing in the beginning, and then somebody launched uh, uh, an update that I didn't like. Now, luckily for us on who have physical discs, you can always like just delete the game, yeah. install it, and not update it. Um, but yeah. By, by the way, can, can we talk about a quick thing about remasters or remakes where people actually destroy the experience? And let me Warcraft Three. Maybe everybody has their own darlings. Are we have pointing you, out fingers? I, I'm pointing a finger now directly at uh, Konami and whoever. I don't know whoever touched Sympathy of the Night voice acting. I don't know why the hell you would change voice acting lines that are iconic in the entire you know video game history and you just change them completely does anybody know the reference i don't say uh, what is a man to me. not known to <laughs> me but i will ask you uh, you know uh did symphony of the night the new version had a lot of new lines they yeah they, they changed the, the lines completely uh and and they changed so they may i mean Obviously, like, you know, go back 20 years ago, 25 years ago when the game was released, translations from Japanese to, to English, and there's a lot of weird language. But that, you know, for people who grew up with that title and have that have those lines ingrained in their head uh, and there's this specific scene in the beginning of the game where like uh, the main character enters the the castle and meets dracula and that's like that entire scene is maybe two minutes but it's one of the most important like iconic uh scenes in in video games and uh, whoever i don't know whoever it is just decided you know what i'm gonna screw with this and just change it completely and it when you look at it today, at least for us who went through that, you know, nostalgia or have a nostalgia associated with the product, it's like, no, you just like you just destroyed one of the most important scenes of video game history. Is, is it a remake or a remaster? I think it's just a fixing stuff. I don't know whatever that was. OK, it's you a, know, because you I mean, because you guys know that, uh, you know, sometimes when you are about to uh, redo a game and suddenly you are adding more content to the history, you are, uh, you know, caught up into having to uh, you know, read up, having to contact the original voice actors, maybe they're not available, and then you have to sacrifice the rest of the content by, by redoing it again. So, I, I mean, it's quite a difficult uh, choice uh, from the studio. Yeah, but in this specific case, they actually changed the lines completely. Ah, so the, 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 the conversation is not the same at all. Uh, and that's kind of like what was upsetting to me, at least. And I just find it extremely weird that, that somebody made that active choice to do that, even though you could argue, yes, if you want to update, update the graphics or whatever it is you want to do, make it, make it maybe a smoother game. It had very long uh, loading screens, remove those maybe in some shape or form. But going into like the creative part and changing that, I feel like that was kind of like, a, it was a loss, unfortunately. Well, uh, uh, you know, uh, something that uh, we should be uh, just uh, having on my list of things not to do, huh? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe okay, just include uh, both versions for those who are you know attached to the old one maybe then there's a license issue with the ip rights on whoever you know holds them and uh this is quite a complex world that sometimes it's very difficult to explain to consumers when you say including both versions it just sparked in my mind the hollow remake remaster where at the click of a button you could switch from the old graphics to the new graphics 
this is the perfect example of making sure new generations can discover these huge games that that have really shaped what video game is today and still uh, keeping just just paying respect to the original version i know it's not easily doable for all games but just wanted to add that on the side great uh, point to add definitely and i think it's a great uh, time to move on to scott's question uh, last and definitely not least perfect yeah yeah so my so my questions was basically are remasters important for the preservation of games for the future we kind of touched on it already or have they become more of a safe bet for publishers kind of hindering the creativity, the resources and the possible support for new games and new IPs. And I, I think just, I would say for me personally, yes, they are important for the preservation. I fondly remember or when I got the topic from Jordan, I immediately thought of an old game that I've quite recently acquired for this current generation of hardware. And that's Star Wars Episode One Racer, an old gem of a racing game, which I, I, I think was released in 99 or something like that. And I played it at a very young age and I was like blown away back then. That's how I remember at least. And you know, it's, it's scary sometimes when you remember a game from back in the days and then you actually play it again and you're incredibly disappointed in your mind. The graphics were amazing. The experience was truly breathtaking. But in this case, I think it actually lived up. It still holds up for me. Uh, so I played it on the Switch and the, and the PlayStation 5. And for me, that sense of nostalgia is very powerful. And because I wouldn't consider myself especially nostalgic in like other aspects of life. But that for me is really like the pure beauty of a remastered. And the game itself is not like a complete, it's not a remake at all. It's not a very extensive remastered version either. It's more of a, a new port with some added twists and, and tweaks, uh, uh, basically. However, I've also heard the criticism from time to time that like remastered games are considered to be a safe bet or a kind of a lazy cash grab that gets in the way of development of new games. So yeah, curious to hear what you guys think about that. I think it goes back to what we said before. It sparked nostalgia. Uh, if you if you hadn't played this game before and you were just playing this new port, remaster, remake, you what would be your opinion on that if you just completely cut out the nostalgia aspect what would be your opinion on that new game yeah for, for me it's like that that is as i as i said kind of the the, the core of it the essence of it then take my money basically that's uh, that's uh, <laughs> then i'm sold uh, however uh, there there is a problem i think when 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 games as we mentioned before are remastered quite uh, like early after the original release or 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 they don't really do anything to it or they don't really um sell it as a remastered game it's just a a port but it's 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 lacking in some features so they actually remove some features as well that happens as well for like newer generations yeah. so uh, yeah it, it, it it's a difficult balance it really needs to kind of hit the nail in some way emotionally yeah. and, and it's Kind of hard because you, you would say, and I've said that before, but when you just think about it, it's just not only that. You would say if there's a lot of time between the original game release and the remake or remaster release, uh, it just makes sense. Like you just bring it to new people and it makes sense. But I think... Uh, we have the example and the counter example. We have Warcraft 3. The, there, there's a lot of time between the two releases, but this remake just, or remaster, anyway, reforged version just didn't make sense. Uh, we all, we all seen that the, 
lack of uh, features that were in the original game, the lack of new evolutions, the, the graphics. I mean, everything was kind of off. And then you also take the 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 last of us where the two re, the two the, the the original and the remaster are really close to to each other uh the the last of us was released at the end of the ps3 era the remaster was released at the beginning slash middle of the ps4 era and you were you can just ask yourself like why are they doing that if it's not for money i mean i think they included the dlc right left behind or something that is correct. So maybe, and it was not that expensive. Okay, but you know, it's all it's all a game of marketing here. And when you see the 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 remake on PS5, I, I didn't play it yet, but I saw a lot of videos and playthroughs and stuff. It's okay. It's enhanced. Okay, the visual are enhanced, but why would you call that a remake? It's it, it's so close to the other, and it's basically just graphic graphic enhancement. But, so, but, and, and here's a question. Uh, so I'm reading the box here, obviously, and it says eight new maps in the remaster for PS4. Does the PS5 version have a multiplayer? Uh, uh, no, I don't, I don't think, think so. I mean, no, no, no. Oh, it, my it, God. It, in fact, it was one of the criticism, uh, you know, from the community that the PlayStation 5 remaster uh, totally skips out on the multiplayer mode. Huh? Oh, that, that, well, that, that sucks, because I think that was <laughs> one of the big highlights, by the way. I mean, The Last of Us had one of the best underrated multiplayer uh, modes. Um, obviously, not that many people played it, but it was a really, really good multiplayer mode. Um, yeah, but then, but then, I'm sorry for interrupting you, Casey. Uh, probably, you know, uh, this Last of Us uh, remaster for PlayStation 5, it's coming out on a moment where the install base of PlayStation 5 versus the install base of PlayStation 4 when it was released is probably a lot, 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 lot smaller. So the possibilities of people playing the multiplayer and finding out enough people to have fun are quite reduced versus the PlayStation 4 era. So why assign resources to develop a multiplayer mode when probably consumers are not going to have a good experience? Huh? So this is where the, the business guy in me comes out and says, Okay, one, one, make it cross-play with the PS4 people. Two, release it for free on PS4 and, and see what happens. <laughs> at, at least the online part. But to go back to uh, uh, Scott's uh, question, uh, I think the preservation part is kind of already resolved, right? Because we, yeah. we live in a, in a digital era. So maybe that, that thing is already kind of like you know, a check mark. But, you know, safe bets, while you were talking, I was actually thinking about, I wonder if it's also not just safe bets, economically speaking, from a sales perspective, but maybe also safe bets by training devs. So if, let's say you get a, a young uh, team that might have worked for, for a year or two, but haven't like really done anything on their own. And then instead of letting them do something completely new, which is a higher risk, maybe you give them this opportunity to like, hey, remaster this game see what you can do and then next time we'll give you a bigger uh product yeah but the 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 gamers are definitely not always aware of what's happening in a company and we all see that on the internet on twitter especially they don't know how a game is developed and what it takes to develop a game so this can this can easily be uh confusing to to players and they can easily just not understand your strategy and feel like you're just ripping them off Wonder so what happen if, if developers were more transparent in that way like we're doing this remaster because we got we know you guys would like it but also 
it makes us money to create our next new game. What what, what would happen if, if I wonder, just wonder how what the fan base, how they would react? Would that maybe give some more transparency, more relief in the players' heads as well? Maybe. And, and what if the next game is not that good? Yeah, of course, <laughs> that's always it might might only work with like really loyal fan bases, like. Uh, yeah, Activision or whatever it could be. Like they are, will always buy it, even though absolutely not Activision. No, but, not Activision. <laughs> but, but smaller developers, yeah, 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 developers, yeah. I think have a yes. huge opportunity. Yeah, because because those people get more leeway uh, with their community. They have a better, uh, more transparent communication uh, with their community. And there, I feel like you know, if we look at indie developers who are trying to move uh, the needle for themselves and, and become a bit bigger then they have this opportunity to say, you know what, we released this game 10 years ago. I mean, a lot of indies might stay the same uh, size of studio for like 10 years. Uh, and we see that today, uh, like let's say super, uh, uh, super massive games or super giant games, I believe the name is. Um, and for those, if they want to take the next step into, let's say, expanding, that's a good opportunity for them. Like, hey, let's get some some new people on board. Let's train them on the tools. Let's get them to like remaster an old game, let's say Bastion, as an example, and let's see what happens. And then next step is like, okay, now you can take your own project, or now you can like be part of the the main uh, dev team. Really? I, I think, yeah, I think it could be a, it's a good, could be a good use for goodwill. I, I think of Bioware. When they released Mass Effect Andromeda, it didn't go that well. Uh, but then they released the Mass Effect uh, trilogy remastered, which, from my point of view at least, were, were well was kind of welcomed and 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 well received. And I think that kind of it it reshapes or it kind of they gave back their goodwill from the players, and now the players are really excited about their next projects for like Dragon Age and the new Mass Effect. So I think it also. It, it, I think there is a power in, in remasters in that sense that, sure, they might be cash grabs, but they also, for a loyal fan base, it could be uh, kind of a, a nugget. A yeah, nugget. a bit of fan service. Give, give it maybe for free mm -hmm. to your to your current base and, or the people who own it. And then at the same time, people who didn't play it 10 years ago now can, you know, uh, buy in and play it. Because if you think about it, like, I'm very into these days about looking at user bases. I mean, if you look at it as an example... People who, who were 10 years old when Minecraft came out, they're in their 20s today. Like, that's crazy, right? And I know we're getting older. Uh, Oscar, you're yes. not the only one who's getting old here. <laughs> <laughs> but but if, if, if you look at, let's say, a game, uh, Bastion from Supergiant Games that was released in 2011, those people who were 10 years old at the time, they might not have experienced that game. And now is the perfect opportunity to you know put that out again. Obviously, they had a lot of success with Hades. But hey, here's an entry point to, to Supergiant Games. Uh, play Bastion Remastered and then move into Hades. Brilliant. Um, gonna sure. end it out there. I am actually going to end on a question. I want a simple yes or no on a remaster that has been, I think, debated on the internet for a very long time. Uh, so I'm going to just ask you guys, simple yes or no, whether you think it should be remastered or not. Uh, Simpsons hit and run. Big yes, Matty. Oh, Big yes, Scott. Huge yes. Uh, I'm in, I'm in the middle. I have no Casey idea. Casey in the I'm middle. In the middle, too. In the middle. I'm, I'm taking middle. that as a yes. Casey, Oscar, did you play that before? No, no, that is no. why I'm in the middle. Right? I understand preservation. Yeah, I understand everything that we have commented on, so that is why I'm in the middle. I'm not saying it, no. But then, okay. it is that's what a it PS2 is. game, right? Yeah. 
This is yeah. definitely yeah. This is definitely a nostalgia take here. Yeah. I mean, Scott and I just we, we know we played that. We yeah. know that it was GTA when we were not able to play GTA because we were yeah. too young. 100%. We know that. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Okay, perfect. Uh, <laughs> thank you for your opinions, there, guys. So I want to thank you all first and foremost for agreeing to be on the podcast and all of your opinions today. Um, massive thank you i thought it was a fantastic podcast uh, if you would like to get involved in one of the upcoming podcasts reach out to me on linkedin or by email at jordan.lound at evolution-nordics.com and casey if you can revisit what you said a bit earlier on with that massive statement that we said after the first question we'll end it on that oh about about remasters dying or never <laughs> yeah. I, I forgot what i say i'm sorry it was yes. uh something, prediction. yeah the prediction that we had uh we always like to leave on a bit of a cliffhanger it was yeah. that your prediction was was it, was it with the next generation all remasters are going to die out anyway yeah I, okay. I think that it makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, obviously, it's like saying you have Netflix and then they release the next Terminator version of Terminator 2, which is one of the best movies ever, and they tell you to buy that separately. That makes no fucking sense at all. Okay, and we'll leave it there. So thanks, everyone, for listening, and I'll see you all next Thank time. Thank you. Thank okay, you. Thank you. Thanks Take a lot. Care, guys. See you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.